I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endure through all generations. Amen. Amen. There's an email that's going to be circulating to, uh, to many of you, and uh, I've been told to remind you to open it, respond to it as soon as possible uh, in preparation for the celebration. Okay. Amen. Amen. Well, amen. What a joy, what a delight it is to once again be in the Lord's house. Uh, if the Lord has done anything for you, indulge me for a moment and just give him a hand of praise. Uh, I, I know. Amen. Amen. If, 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 if you can give purple and black, yeah, some celebration. Yeah. And last I checked, your name ain't on nothing. So uh, at least we can honor the one who loves us and gave his son for us, and amen, and, and not be ashamed to do it. Uh, if the Lord can count on anyone, he ought to be able to count on you for what he's done in you and through you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for another day. Forgive us for taking for granted your amazing grace. Forgive us for taking for granted the cost that Jesus paid that we might be able to approach the throne of grace. We thank you, O oh God, for the resurrected Christ. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Father, we pray now that as your word goes forth, that it may fall on fertile soil. We pray for that person here today under the sound of my voice who does not know you in the free pardon of sin. Lord, we pray that this might be the day of decision. We pray, O oh God, that you would make them uncomfortable until they rest in thee. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for what you're about to do in our midst. For it is in Jesus' name and for his sake we pray and do ask these things. Amen. Amen. I want to invite you to a portion of scripture that you are familiar with, most of you anyway, who've been hanging around the church. Uh, the story about Paul and Silas. <clears throat> In Acts chapter 16, um, I want to preach for a few moments uh, relief at midnight. Uh, I think a lot of folks are in a season of midnight, <laughs> even though it's daytime, uh, folks are facing all kinds of difficult challenges. Uh, midnight is just a met metaphor for difficulty, trouble, stress, whatever you may be going through. So let's see what we can learn about handling our midnights in Acts chapter 16. And I'm going to begin reading. It's kind of long, so bear with me because it, it kind of helps us set of context, um, beginning at verse 16. Um, and this is what it says. Now it happened 
As we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl, possessed with the spirit of divination, met us, who brought her masters much profit for fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days, but Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. So ends the reading of God's word. I want to preach again from the sermonic theme, relief at midnight. Uh, relief at, at midnight. Um, chapter 16 is a quick moving chapter. Uh, the Lord is doing a great work. Uh, the church is growing. Um, uh, Paul and Silas uh, met a woman named Lydia by the uh, the seaside, and they started preaching to her, and she got saved and invited them to her home, and the whole family was baptized. The Lord was doing a great work, and then we see whenever you start doing a great work for the Lord, you can expect trouble to show up. The Bible says there was a little slave girl. She was possessed by a demon. These fellas had a, a hustle going on, basically. She was in fortune-telling business, and she was helping them generate some money. And uh, she began to get on their nerves. Scripture says that she followed Paul and the others saying, these men are creating some trouble. These men are going around talking about Jesus. Uh, they decide to take Paul and Silas to the magistrates. Uh, the magistrates get upset and then they decide to beat them, uh, put them in the inner prison. Uh, and then the Bible says that they put their feet in stocks. But at midnight, but at midnight, Paul and Silas began to get in touch with heaven, and they began to call out unto the Lord. Midnights are going to visit each and every one of us. 
Your midnight might be the loss of a job. Your midnight might, might be some trouble in your home. Midnight has many different faces. But let's face it, we all deal with this thing called midnights from time to time. No one gets to expect, expect to escape one. And what I've learned about midnights is that they are awfully revealing. They, they, they give some indication as to who you really trust when you find yourself in difficulty. Midnights help give us lessons about who God is. Midnights teach us about the faithfulness of God. Midnight teaches us about the grace of God. Midnights teach us about answered prayers. Thank God for midnights because they have a way of drawing us closer to him. So, so don't get upset when you have to go through your midnight because God is up to something. Uh, he's in the process of, of making you and I better when we have to face our midnights. Okay, um, Jean-Pierre Adams is not a name that many Americans know. Uh, he was a French soccer player, and he was quite an amazing fella on the soccer field. In 1985, he had a surgical procedure done. It was, for the most part, a rather innocuous surgery. Should not have taken that long to actually complete. But for some reason, those who administered the anesthetic gave him a near lethal dose. In other words, this man at 34 years old would never have his life the same again. He was put into a coma for 39 years. He died September the 10th, 2021. But don't, don't, don't drop yet. His wife, Bernadette, treated him for 39 years. I had to get a reality check with my wife. Baby, if I get sick, <laughs> I need to know, you gonna care for me like this woman cared for this man? Amen. I know that too. I was just playing. And uh, God knows I got a wonderful wife. But, but, but here's my point. She, but for 39 years, Bernadette changed his clothes. She changed his bed clothes. Birthdays and celebrations, he would get T-shirts. She always got him nice bed linen. His favorite cologne was Poco Ribbon. They don't even make that no more. I remember it. Used to spray it on myself. You could smell me four blocks away. You know, it's... <laughs> But, but, but my point is that that was midnight. Don't think that midnights are only one or two days, baby cakes. No, midnights may last for a long time. Truth be told, sometimes you may die in your midnight. I know we don't like to hear that. We always like to think the deliverance, no, no. Sometimes, beloved, you're not going to see your at midnight come to an end. I wish I had, now, on the other side you will, but this side of heaven you may not. 39 years. This woman cared for this man. Okay, maybe that didn't move you. Um, 
25-year-old Theodore Roosevelt was an assemblyman uh, for the state of New York. Um, uh, on February 13, 1884, he was celebrating the birth of his firstborn child. Ah, great celebration going on. Everybody excited. Then he gets a telegram. Theodore, come home quickly. Alice, your wife is sick. He gets on the first train from Albany, New York to, to New York, Manhattan. Gets on a horse-drawn carriage and gets home. His brother, Elliot, opens the door and said, this house is cursed. Mitty is dying in one room, and Alice is dying too. In the same brownstone, on September the 14th, 1884, Theodore Roosevelt, at 25 years old, lost his wife and his mother in the same building. On September the 15th, he put a large X in his diary with one sentence, today the light has gone out of my life. That was a midnight. Maybe your midnight will not be quite as dramatic as that, but midnights have a way of showing up. But I stopped by to tell you that God is faithful in the midst of your midnights. The God we serve works through the night. Oh, come on now. You, you, you ought to be excited about that. The God we serve works through the midnight. Okay, you act like you don't believe me. Let me help you. Uh, remember, remember, uh, uh, the children of Israel were, were, were found themselves being chased by the Egyptians. Here they are facing the Red Sea. God said, Moses, didn't I tell you to stick the rod, the staff out over the sea? And he did. And it divided a highway so that the children of Israel could go over. But don't celebrate yet. Because the Bible says there was a strong east wind that blew throughout the night. We serve a God who works through the night. Okay, um, Jesus does some of his great work at night. Okay, Nick at night, Remember? Nick wanted to come and have a one-on-one -on -one with Jesus. Night. Jesus shows up at the fourth watch of the night. The disciples are like, whoa. He does great work at night. He prayed 40 days and 40 nights. 40 nights, he prayed overnight to decide which disciples he would select. He does his great work at night. He pulls down fevers at night. He heals broken hearts at night. He restores relationships at night. He gives you strength for the next cancer treatment at night. God is able to open doors at night. He's a God who works through the night. Come on now, he does. We're acting like we ain't got nothing to celebrate. No, last night he, he worked. He watched over you as you slumbered and slept. That's working through the night. You got inhale and exhale. That's working through the night so you can get up and see a brand new day. He works through the night. And if you remember nothing else that this man said, he, he, what did he preach about? Child, he said something about the Lord works through the night. And I had to say, I looked at my situation and said, you know what? That boy might have been on to something. 
Because when I look at where I am and what the God has done, I, I must admit, I must agree with him. Uh, that the God does work through the night. Oh, he brings that wayward child home at night. He gives you peace and security at night. Oh, it's, so, so what can we learn from these two men? And let me say, let me tell you something. Th these are the kind of brothers that I would want on my team. Because when you look what they went through, all in the name of Christ, you say to yourself, yeah, and before I choose anyone, give me Paul and Silas. Because they, they all in for Jesus. That They had to go through much, but I'm... I, 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 uh, they were beaten and they were talked about and arrested and put into prison. I want them on my team. What, what, what do we learn from these, these men? Well, first of all, when you find yourself dealing with your midnights, be sure to turn your attention to Christ. I know, I know that's not deep and pedantic, but, but, but it's the simple things that keep us growing in Christ. It doesn't always have to be so deep and, and no, no, no. The simple thing, what did they do? They'd just been beaten with rods and, and, and what did they do? They turned their attention to the Lord. That's the kind of question you wanna settle before trouble comes. You wanna know who you're gonna to turn to when darkness shows up, who are you going to turn to when you have to deal with your midnight? It's no time to start trying to figure it out. Some things you ought to know beforehand that I'm going to tell Jesus. I'm, I'm turning my attention to him. Let me ask you, who do you turn to? I make assumptions and I shouldn't. Just because folk saved and know Jesus, are they always going to turn to him first? Nothing could be farther from the truth. Sometimes we turn to folk that the heathen turn to. But I just stop by to let you know that the first thing we ought to do is direct our attention to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what they did. Um... Nowhere in the text do we see that they panicked. Nowhere in the text do we see that they were throwing up their hands in frustration and giving up. No, they turned their attention to Jesus in midnight. Maybe they knew something about, I will give you perfect peace whose mind has stayed on me because you trust in me. They rejected the notion of the enemy to blame God. They didn't get into the, where's he at? We've been doing all this bidding for him. We're saving folk and witnessing to Lydia and the church is growing. Where is he? No, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they, they had no room for that. They were sold off for Christ. Oh, beloved, that's a good place to be. Come what may, I'm going to trust and stick with the Lord Jesus Christ. Even when I don't understand it, even when it does not make sense, I'm going to trust his word, lean on his word, and depend on his word. Uh, 
And let me put a cannonball whole size in this. Listen, just because you decide to follow Jesus, don't think that you're not going to catch some hardship. I know you thought what I was going to say, didn't you? Uh-huh, fooled you, yeah. Yeah, but that's there too. Um, don't think that just because you're preaching, teaching, and witnessing, and doing all this stuff, that somehow you are inoculated or protected or shielded from difficulty. In fact, don't you know that the moment you decide to follow Christ, the enemy now has you in his sights? He's like, oh, oh really? You trust Jesus? Oh, let's see then. I got something for you. You know, don't think that, beloved, because so many people walk away from the faith because they face difficulty and challenge because you tithing, you serving, you there whenever the church opened, that somehow you're going to be okay. Don't think that. He said, listen, in this world, you shall have. No, he said, you might, could. You shall have tribulation. But, I love that big old but. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So don't, don't lose it just because your world seems to be unraveling. God is always purposeful. It's always for your good and his glory. Jesus had to suffer. Why do you think you're going to get away with it? I mean, come on now. I mean, he, they took him up that old, that hill, Golgotha. They hung him high and stretched him wide. They beat him with a cat of nine tails. These guys known as the lictors who were proficient at inflicting pain. That's who Jesus had to deal with. So if the master had to suffer then you too, beloved, will have to suffer. You, you're going to have some midnights. But like I told you, God works in the night. And he'll give you whatever it is you need to handle whatever it is you're going through. Our sufficiency is always in Christ, not ourselves. It is in him that we live, we move, and have our being. me move. Um, something else we see here that they did. So, so not only did they turn to Christ, they started talking and singing to the Lord. Now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You've been beat up uh, in an inner prison and now you mean to tell me you're going to start praying and singing to the Lord? Listen, that's very instructive for us. It really is. Um, sometimes we make the Christian journey more complicated than it needs to be. But if you learn to recognize the power of prayer and begin to see prayer as a weapon like these fellas did, you and I would be amazed at how God begins to move in our lives. Um, men ought to always pray and not faint. Hmm. Pray without ceasing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
follow the instructions. That's my challenge. Probably your challenge, but I know it's mine. Follow the instructions. If, now, now, and then, look, listen, Jeremiah 33, 3, I love it. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Now, we don't know what they prayed. It's not recorded in the Holy Writ. I don't know if they went through acts of, uh, you know, uh, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Listen, I Lord, help. We need you immediately. This is our situation. We're not informing you. We're just wanting you to move in it. They prayed. They saw prayer as a weapon. Um, He says, come boldly into the throne of grace that you may attain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. That's what these brothers were doing. Coming boldly. They were coming confidently to him. Knowing that he's faithful. And listen, what you tend to do when trouble comes is what you normally do. We kind of creatures of habit. Um, Look at verse 13. It says, and on the Sabbath day, we went out to the city, to the riverside, where prayer, look at that, where pr- look, they're praying in verse 13, verse 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer. See that? It ought not surprise us that these brothers pray. They always been praying. They've been doing what you're supposed to do when you find yourself between a rock and a hard place, the devil in the deep blue sea. They prayed. <laughs> they were praying unto God. Boy, that's a good thing to do. Um, let, let, me, let me say this a couple things. Um, they, they prayed, and, and uh, notice they, they prayed together. There was, no, there was agreement on what to do. They went, well, let's pray. Nah, man, that ain't going to help. Look at what. They both agreed that prayer is going to change this thing. They, um, and listen. They prayed loud. <laughs> the other prisoners heard them. What am I saying? I notice that sometimes when I pray, that sleep spirit, that sleep demon, <laughs> he, he, he shows up. You, you're trying to pray and all of a sudden your eyes get heavy. <laughs> you, you, you're trying to pray and you... You know, you're two minutes in, and you already nod. Father, in the name of... What I'm saying is, and, and I don't mean to make light of prayer. This is very important. But what I'm saying, it was two. One of my biggest regrets is that late in my journey, I got a prayer partner. Late. I wish... It was something that I would have done earlier in my walk. Because prayer is a struggle for the best of us. Look, prayer is a struggle for preachers. So I know it's a struggle 
for those of us who are members, it's hard. There's some, there's some of us who are super disciplined, and they, they on it. I mean, they're they up at 6 in the morning, and they give them a good hour. Most of us don't. We do. We're, look, good intentions. We want to do better. We, and so I said, what do you want to do better? Lord, child, I need to pray more. I know I should, but I just... I, I, one thing you may want to try, pray out loud. Stop. Lord and Father, in Jesus, Lord and Father. Open your mouth. Get to your prayer closet by yourself and just open your mouth and pray. I find it works a lot better when I'm verbal with it instead of just nodding and saying a few words. But, but open your mouth. Sometimes you got to close the door. They'll get used to it. What's all that? No Child, here up there praying again. It's okay. Open your pray aloud. Pray aloud. Try it. What do you got to lose? <laughs> Thank you. Not a thing. You, you may be birthed, you may birth the new ministry in the process. I'm part of the praying loud ministry. And we just close the door and Lord in the name of Jesus. You know. It's okay. Get a partner. Somebody can help you stay accountable. You know why? Because your best intentions, you can't do it. Because if you, if you could do it good, you would have been doing it a long time ago. And just say, listen, on Mondays, I, can, we, can, we, can we get together for prayer? Let's do a praise report. Let's do uh, what our needs are. And let's go to the Lord. You decide how much you want to share with the person. And pray that the Lord would raise up someone that you can have a prayerful relationship with. And I know what the married people, well, it ought to be your husband. It ought to be your wife. Yeah, pray with them, no doubt. But there's a difference that I can have with Erin that I can't have with Karen, because she's a woman. Even though she's my wife and all that, but, and pray with your wife, yes. But sometimes he can help me through some stuff that a man can help me deal with that my wife can't, and vice versa. Don't be so afraid. Listen, we got this Christian walk, it's so, it's so, child, it's so secretive. Like we can't say nothing. It's supposed to be a family. <laughs> Families kind of can share with one another. i never seen anything like in my life. Here you got people sick and don't know where they are and, and nobody's saying nothing. I mean, just get you a prayer partner. Listen, everybody ought to have at least one person in your life that don't mind you calling them at one in the morning. They ain't going to hang up thinking you're a telemarketer. I'm sure everybody needs at least one person in your life that won't be upset when you call at one and say, man, listen, I, I'm catching some hell right now. I'm about to make a bad decision. Can you help me? Can you pray me through this? Because I'm about to ruin and wreck some stuff. And I, I thought about you because I'm about, talk me off the ledge. Talk me down because I'm about to do something foolish. You need a prayer partner in your life that can help you be all that you can be in Christ. What I've discovered as a result of a prayer partner is that my prayer comes easier because it's routine. They're praying for me. I'm praying for them. Y'all know their kids' names and their spouse name and their grandkids' name, lifting them up. 
um, so they prayed loud. They prayed together. And the Lord moved, as you'll see in verse 26. Okay, um, but not only that, beloved, it gets even better. Now they've prayed, and now they start singing. Now, see, they had a mini concert <laughs> at the Philippian jail, live at the Philippian jail, Paul and Silas. <laughs> Keep listening. That's them there making all that noise. They were singing unto the Lord. You know, <laughs> devout Jews which these fellows were, they probably were, were dealing with Psalms 113 through 118. Most devout knew, Jews knew that by heart. So, so it's not like they were searching for something to say or sing. They had the greatest hymnal that you could ever put your hands on. So they knew what to say. They knew what to sing. And they started lifting their voices unto God. What I'm saying is this. Um, find you a song. And it could be many, but find at least one that becomes your battle cry song that helps you deal with whatever you're going through. Not five, not six, but your one song that when the enemy is hot on your trail, when the hellhounds won't leave you alone, you have at least one song that you can turn to that can sustain you and help you deal with whatever it is you're facing. I'm old school, proud of it, and ain't mad at nobody. I knew nothing about worship team, what do you call worship teams um, at New Metropolitan Baptist Church. We, 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 look, all we had were choirs. And guess what our prayer, well, guess what our song was? I got my mother's uh, hymn book. And uh, I was looking at it the other day. I had my own, but I was just looking at hers. And, and I looked at some of the songs that she had the pages bent back on, you know, her go-to songs. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well. That one. Uh-huh. That, that's what she would, that was one of her go-to songs that she would go to. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and Righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest rain, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. These songs have a way of building you up, helping encourage you when you're dealing with your midnight. And, and the favorite one that she had was, Oh, for faith that will not shrink. Oh, my God. Listen, Oh, for faith that will not shrink. Though pressed by every foe that will not tremble on the brink of any earthly woe, that will not murmur nor complain beneath the chastening rod, but in the hour of grief or pain will lean upon its God, a faith that shines more bright and clear when tempests rage without, that when in danger knows no fear and darkness feels no doubt. Lord, give me such a faith as this, and then whatever may come, I'll taste ever here the hallowed bliss of our eternal home. Listen, get you a hymnal. Get you a hymnal. 
It doesn't have to be Baptist. Just get a hymnal. That's what I have. And sometimes you may just want to meditate on your devotion for some of the old hymns of the faith. And you can have your new ones with it as well. Just do one old, one new. However you want to work it. But get you a song that can get you through the night. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me move. It's... And look, it says... It's something about that song pieces. Look, the Bible says, and Jesus, after he had finished with his disciples, they had communion. It says, he sung a hymn. He sung a hymn, and then they went out to the Mount of Olives. Psalm 77, 6 says, I call to remembrance my song in the night. In Job 35, 10, where is God my maker who gives a song in the night? Find your song that can help get you through the night. The prisoners, the Bible says, heard them. You know what that means? That means they, not, they were not ashamed or afraid to let it be known that they were followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe the problem with Christianity is that we're not making enough noise and no one knows we're here. We quiet, meek, and lowly. That's fine. But every now I want the warrior Jesus to stand up in me and bust himself wide open. He's so reserved and calm and cool and whatever. Make some noise for the master. He made some noise on you on Calvary. He groaned. He groaned. For you and I. Last point is this. Uh, after you have turned to him, after you have talked to him and sung to him, leave the outcome and the results to him. In other words, take your hand off of it. Stop trying to figure it out. And, look, you have already did the best thing you can do, you've prayed about it, you've sung unto him, you've turned to him, acknowledging your dependence, and now, Lord, I'm waiting to see what you are going to do with my situation. In the text, it suggests that he, made, that he responded immediately to their request because there was a the foundation of the prison was shaken and all the doors swung open and their chains fell off. I don't know how God is going to respond to your singing and your praying and your turning to him. That not, that's not your job. My job is to trust and never doubt. He will surely bring you out, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Leave them with him and trust God for the outcome. Trust him for the outcome. And while you are waiting for him to respond with your eyes peeled open to see what he's going to do, make sure that you pick up the word. Make sure that you have the, the gospel near you, the word of God. 2 Peter 1.4, God has granted us great and precious promises. When I'm going through my midnight, I want to be able to pick up and look at and read some of his great and precious promises.
He says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. This is my hope that's going to get me through the word of God. While I'm dealing with my midnight, I'm going to turn to what his word says. And while you're waiting, just keep on serving. Keep on witnessing. Keep on making yourself available to him. And just say, Lord, I know you got something great in store, so I'm just going to keep being faithful because I know you are faithful. And I'm trusting you with the outcome. We can have relief at midnight. If you turn to him, Start singing and praying and leave the outcome to him. And Lord, I'm, I'm trusting you and I'm waiting to see you make the next move because I'm waiting. And while I wait, I'm going to read, I'm going to pray, I'm going to witness, I'm going to serve until you let me know my next move. Because I know you're faithful and that you work through the night. And Father, we do love you. We thank you so much for first loving us. What a joy it is to know that we can come to you, that you are a God who works through the night, that you see us, that, that your providence, that your sovereign hand is at work, that you're always in control regardless of what we face or go through. We know that you are purposeful and it's for our good and for your glory. And Father, we thank you for that. Lord, we pray for that person here today who is lost, who doesn't have a relationship with you. Lord, we pray even now in the name of Jesus that you might prick their hearts, that they might recognize that uh, you are available to them, that you will take them as is regardless of what they've done or where they have been. Move, Lord. We know you're able and we know you can. We thank you for Jesus, and we thank you for his finished work on Calvary. We ask all of this in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, and our soon-to-come reigning king, we pray. Amen. Uh, close the doors. Okay. Um, can we all stand for a moment? If there's one, um, we bid you come quickly. I know that this is difficult for some people because they may feel a little uneasy about coming to the front, but... but uh, the elders and, and the preachers are here to, to walk with you through God's plan of salvation. Uh, you don't have to remain lost. The Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting life is available for you today. The only thing you've got to do is come and say, Lord, thank you for your son, Jesus. For, thank you for, for him dying on the cross for my sins. I know I'm a sinner and I know I need you in my life. It's, it's not a very difficult thing. And then become part of this church, a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church, where you can grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. If, if, you, if you're a little nervous and I'll come walk with you, just raise your hand. Um, this is important. Uh, uh, this is so important that you get right with Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. All right, let me see what I said. I think over here, right? Hey, fellowship. Yeah.
Have a good day in Jesus. Know that God is for you and not against you. We'll be here tomorrow. Amen. 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 God bless you.